While traveling in the French Alps in the 1930s, a young man came upon a rocky valley where he saw an old man with a sack of acorns and a length of iron pipe. The old man was planting acorns in the ground. When the traveler asked him why he was wasting his time in the barren valley, the old man said, my wife and son have died and I want to do something useful before I die too. I've planted over 100,000 acorns. Perhaps only a tenth will grow. 25 years later, the now not as young traveler returned to the same desolate area and what he saw amazed him. The land was covered with a beautiful forest two miles wide five miles long. Birds were singing, animals were playing, wild flowers perfumed the air. And the traveler stood there remembering the desolation that he saw before. Now a beautiful oak forest stood there, all because one man wanted to give back. This story provides similar imagery to what we heard in the first reading today from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, in this reading, describes an idyllic world in which hatred and violence have ceased. The earth is experiencing a reign of peace. It's a vision of hope. A time when, as Isaiah says, the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. And this vision of a world at peace stems from the coming of the Messiah. As Isaiah prophesied, a shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse. And that shoot is the Messiah. You know, in preparing for this homily, I did what I usually do, read a couple of scripture commentaries and then have some online websites that have some commentaries about the scriptures as well. And one of the authors notes that Isaiah's prophecy in this first reading today would have been surprising to his hearers because it was delivered at a time when the dynasty of David, from whom the Messiah was to come, was no longer strong and flourishing. In fact, the Davidic dynasty from which our Savior would come at that point in time seemed like it was dwindling, like it was lifeless, like that barren place the traveler saw in the Alps. But Isaiah, you see, was attempting to arouse the people of Israel to have greater hope in God's promises to have hope that the Messiah would come. And we hear the theme of hope in St. Paul's reading today, too. St. Paul tells us that whatever was written previously was written for our instruction, that by endurance and by the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Hope. Hope is a 
recurring theme during the season of Advent. In fact, we might say that hope is the theme, the predominant theme in the Advent season. And then the gospel, John the Baptist. We meet him in the gospel today, and then we'll hear about John the Baptist next weekend as well. John the Baptist was a prophet of hope, a figure of hope. John points the way to Jesus. He says today, one mightier than I is coming after me. John the Baptist pointed the way to hope because he pointed the way to Jesus. We need the virtue of hope, especially in our world today. The good news is that just as faith and charity were infused into our souls at baptism, so too was the theological virtue of hope. The theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity, have their origin in God, and when you and I were baptized, those virtues were supernaturally infused into our souls. The Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches that hope keeps man from discouragement. Hope sustains him during times of abandonment. It opens, him, opens up his heart in expectation of eternal beatitude. Buoyed up by hope, the Catechism says, He is preserved from selfishness and led to the happiness that flows from charity. These are great promises. Great promises that come from hope. Hope keeps us from discouragement, sustains us during times of abandonment, opens our hearts in expectation of eternal life, preserves us from selfishness, and leads us to happiness. Great promises, and they all stem from possessing the virtue of hope. So what does this have to do with us today? Well, remember that the Lord always meets us where we are. God meets us where we are in our lives right now. He comes to us and meets us where we are. Maybe you're out of a job. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage or you're having other personal or family struggles. Maybe you're dealing with addiction or you know someone, you love someone in your family or a friend who's struggling with addiction. Maybe you're worried about the future, financial concerns, health concerns. Or maybe you're just really feeling hopeless because when you look at the world as it is, you get discouraged, you feel depressed. As Christians, we are always called to be a people of hope, never allowing ourselves to be conquered by discouragement or despair. We're hopeful because Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, and he is present in our midst. He has conquered darkness. I want to encourage you to reread the first reading today, to meditate on Isaiah's beautiful vision of a world at peace, and allow this vision to fill you with hope.
If you're feeling hopeless or tempted to feel hopeless, barren like that land in the Alps, remember that within us lies the virtue of hope. And even if it just feels like a seed or an acorn, it can become a great oak leading us to happiness. Because that's what hope does. Hope leads us to happiness because it increases our desire for Jesus and it focuses us on the promise of eternal life.